Welcome to Streamable, the podcast about the best streaming content out there. We're going to be reviewing shows and movies from Netflix, Hulu, Amazon, Disney+, Peacock, whatever other services they come up with. So sit back, listen to our review, and then you can tell us how wrong we are on Twitter. I'm Jimmy. And I'm Brett. And together we have over 57 years of movie watching experience. Wait, we were watching movies when we were born? Shh, shut up. Hey listeners, I care a lot about you, so I'm just going to jump ahead and let you know that uh, it's not a good movie, <laughs> so you can save your time and not watch it. Uh, I care a lot, so you should not watch I Care A Lot? Yeah, I, I care a lot about you, so I'm going to tell you not to watch I Care A Lot. Yeah, this was a shockingly bad movie for one that was recommended to us and that won the Golden Globe. Yeah, I mean, critically, it's doing great, and I'm just wondering if they're just, like, are they rating it in spite of the story? Yes, they're ignoring the key element. Yeah, like, they're ignoring the key element of the thing. I think because it's different, and, you know, I don't know. I think critics latch on to the fact that anything is, is different, and it's, like, edgy. Sure, sure. I, that, that's one of the things I was thinking about when I was trying to think of what to say about this movie was I was kind of comparing it to um, to Last Jedi a little bit in my head because it's trying to be a little different about stuff and like things aren't really what you but expect it's doing to be. that in the worst way possible by having a horrible story. Well, no, it's just that like we all hated it, but then like the critics loved Last Jedi for doing all that stuff. And it's like, but that's not what people want. <laughs> like, well, that's. Yeah, that's why you don't listen to the critics. You listen to me and Jimmy, folks. <laughs> yeah, like, you shouldn't just rate a movie highly because it does something differently if the core aspect of the movie doesn't work, which is the story. So, I mean, it, as usual with our, like, this is a really bad movie episodes, uh, this is probably going to go in a little bit spoiler territory, but who cares? You shouldn't watch it. Yeah, yeah. Just listen to a 20-minute podcast. Don't waste two hours, because this also felt like a really long movie. It was... It did. I was so surprised because of the content of the movie. I mean, it's about a freaking mob boss and stuff. I thought there would be action and drama. Like, it, the freaking categories on Netflix are suspense and dark comedy. It is neither of those at all. Yeah, like, it's... If it's a comedy, it went way too dark to the point where it wasn't funny like but I mean, so yeah because no the subject matter the subject matters to like like the whole premise is following this character who basically uh, uses like court ordered legal guardianship to like take control of old people's lives stuff them in a like retirement home and then just leech off all of their money right like it's played, a horrible thing that actually happens yeah and we should say played by rosamund pike and right. she won uh, Best Actress, which is fine. Um, she was spectacular. Peter Dinklage was very good. Yeah. But their characters were so f***ing terrible. I've never hated characters more. There's no protagonist in this film. You are watching Rosamund Pike for most of the movie as if she is the protagonist. For a while, you end up rooting for Peter Dinklage, who is the antagonist, because he's the only relatable character. 
and yeah. then that gets turned off at the end that you just don't care about anyone. And uh, yeah. I mean, spoilers, like, Rosamund Pike dies, which is one of the only good points of this movie. Right, right, because like this movie literally does the opposite of what most movies do, which is the normal thing is you you're introduced to your character and they're supposed to have like the save the cat moment where you kind of root for them. And it, this movie is doing what I'm calling killing the cat because it literally introduces you to her by having her be horrible. And then somehow we're supposed to follow this character around the entire movie and kind of root and for I, them. I really thought, like, at first I kind of was into it because I was like, oh, you know, Peter Dinklage is the guy we end up rooting for. We end up rooting for this Russian mob boss, which is yeah. such a great idea. But then he, he doesn't go anywhere. Like, the character is pretty flat. and He's just a guy that wants his mom. But then he turns into a total asshole. Yeah, it, it's it's weird. I don't, I don't understand what the plan was. Like, I think, like, when writing the story, the, the writer probably just, you know, knows about this, you know, guardianship stuff, and it's, like, a horrible thing. Maybe he wanted to bring that to light, kind of. But And he probably didn't want to be too serious, because that just makes for a really cringy, like, oh, God, why am I watching this movie? This is too terrible. Maybe, but, like... But he didn't make it a comedy at all. Right. Like, uh, part of me sorry, wondered I, if I just hated the the story because of the fact that I I already was like aware of this stuff and I and I like despise it. So watching a movie yeah. that was about it like was also 20, just like upsetting. twenty minutes into the movie, I was like, I I don't want to watch this anymore. This is like actually uncomfortable to watch. Yeah, yeah. But like, it, it that's still like it never got funny. Um, it got suspenseful and got more comfortable to watch but it was never interesting or funny so why would you watch it yeah like it, it kind of genre jumped at times like it, like it starts off feeling like it was trying to be maybe like a dark comedy but it wasn't funny right but like then it goes to like being almost thrillery <laughs> so well, then it was... it's, it's like these these con people facing off like it, it's rosamund pike has her con and and Peter Dinklage is this Russian mob guy. He has his con, and it's like, oh, who's going to win? But it, like, uh, it just doesn't have any payoff. I mean, it doesn't even have that specifically, because I don't know where. I, I, I somehow read a different, like, tagline for this movie somewhere else. And in my head, it, like, I, I, I was expecting, like, a Rosamund Pike versus uh, Peter Dinklage con-off kind of movie, right? And that's not what really happens. Like, like... The position that Rosamund Pike is in doesn't really get upset too much throughout most of the movie. It's not like a oh this one's going up, this one's going up, and then like a con well, off. It's for a very brief while you you know think Peter Dinklage has succeeded in killing her and her lover, but yeah, that lasted all of five minutes. So yeah, and I mean that scene itself was a little bit like. Like the professional mob killers couldn't kill her. Oh yeah, by... that was the stupidest. Like I, 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 I kind of thought that was almost trying to be funny because they failed so badly, but it wasn't funny. I, I don't know. I didn't get like the movie could have been more interesting if you just see her car drive off the cliff and you think she's dead, and then you like follow Peter Dinklage for a while or something, and then she comes back. But. I don't like, even know if that works. It's such a weird movie. The story is just so like hard to. Well, it's it's impossible because you you can't root for any character. Yeah, so That's you're the just rooting problem. for them to die, which 
does happen to Rosamund Pike at the end, but it's not very satisfying to wait two hours. Uh, well, I mean, it's not even satisfying because, I mean, more spoilers, like, she only dies after she makes the country f***ing worse. Right, because right, right. You, you see her like, succeed, and then the she's taken down kind of at the height of her power, but, like, clearly Peter Dinklage is going to keep going on, so yeah, not Peter much of a Dinklage payoff. joins her at the end. Like, what? Yeah. Uh, so it, it, it's weird to, to write a story where you literally have no one to root for, and you're supposed to to watch for the the demise of the character you're following. I, I can't even I'm, think of a movie that does that. Uh, certainly none that do it well. Sure. Uh, I mean, the comparable movie that I always go to for a dark comedy, mobster kind of a thing is in Bruges, which is fantastic because Colin Farrell... Well, Okay, big spoilers if you haven't seen In Bruges. Go watch that. That's a much better movie than this. In the very beginning of the movie, Colin Farrell shoots and kills a young kid. But he is immediately remorseful, so you kind of accept it and, and you're, you know, you want to follow his story. You don't hate him right away like you do Rosamund Pike. Like, there is some kind of redemption for him. There's never any redemption for Rosamund Pike. Well, yeah, I think it's also just because she she is cruel on screen multiple times, right? Like, like anything where I, I think one of the big things was like originally like Pulp Fiction wasn't it was hard to get it made because people were like, are people going to want to watch a movie that follows like these two bad guys around? Like, and these two bad guys are just talking about like Big Macs, right? But like the reason it's enjoyable is because even though they're technically bad guys, we're we're seeing them just doing regular people stuff most of the time and not being horribly evil but like rosamund pike is straight up just fucking evil right <laughs> multiple times throughout the movie and and i don't know it, it, you just have to sit there and watch it and nothing really happens to her uh, that's like really of a, a comeuppance until literally the last like minute of the movie yeah and there's no payoff at that point it is it is slow like two hours is way too long for this movie yeah, there was multiple times throughout it where I just kept going, like, it's almost over, right? And then I'd check, and I was like, oh, no, there's a whole big chunk of movie left. What the f*** is going to happen? So, the yeah, the... Was, uh, I, in my head, because of that random fake tagline that I read, that I don't remember where I read, I honestly thought it was going to be something more like... Um, the movie I was thinking of was uh, Intolerable Cruelty, uh, which was like a movie with... George Clooney and Catherine Zeta-Jones. I don't know if you're familiar with it. I haven't seen it. Okay, basically, he's like a lawyer. She's like a lady who marries rich guys and then like tricks them into getting divorced so that she can steal their money. But it's kind of like a him versus her tete-a-tete kind of thing, and that's kind of what I expected to be similar to. And and the only like, like the only real head-to-head is with Peter Dinklage's lawyer and Rosamund Pike. In one scene. Well, two scenes. They have a scene in her office and then a scene in the courtroom. Yeah. And the evil person, Rosamund Pike, wins both. Yeah, for sure. I mean, like, you can say that it is interesting to see the the typical, like, a shark lawyer kind of working for the good side of the arguments. Like, you don't usually see that in the movies. But, yeah, I mean, he still loses. So, so it doesn't really change up much. Like, uh, it, it, yeah, 
it's weird. This was a weird movie. It's um I wanted to bring up the writer, director, producer. Um he, he doesn't have much credit to his name. He directed the fifth wave. Which, which I think was very badly received. Didn't even see. Um he also wrote The Disappearance of Alice Creed. Those are the only feature films he really has to his name. So it feels like I don't know if this was like um like a film festival movie that kind of got, you know, moved around and got some hype behind it and then Netflix decided to really pump it up. Yeah, no, because I, I really I, think Netflix it, like putting it into their top 10 I that I don't think that's organic. I I can't imagine that. I honestly don't think any of their it. top ten things were their own distributed films are always in the fucking top ten as organic. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah. So I mean, Rotten Tomatoes, eighty percent of critics gave it a positive review. Average score of sixty five out of a hundred. For so, uh, that's still for the okay. What's the like uh? Go, let's find the actual Rotten Tomatoes list because it'll show you the audience score. And I assume that's way lower. Because on Wikipedia, I think it just shows you the regular tomato meter, which is just the, no, um, the critic score. It doesn't yeah, the so the tomato meter is 80%, but the audience score is 36%. There you go. Yeah, so Trust the audience more than the critics in, in a I, vast I generally majority always of cases. Do, because the, the, the general reason that people make movies is for the general public to watch them. Like, you can have, like, the crazy art films and stuff that are and, meant and, for a niche thing, but when you have, like, I, a big big names like this, I mean, the, the intent is usually to do a mass appeal. I, I was a film school student. I studied film study. I've watched a lot of weird films. There was a point in my life where I hated most Hollywood films. There is nothing redeemable about this movie from any perspective. From an entertainment perspective, from an art perspective, I don't get it. No, see, that's the thing. I, I do understand how they might have like rated it high purely based on the performance of Rosamund Pike and Peter Dinklage. Yeah, again, like, she, she deserved a Golden yeah, yeah. Globe. I hated her. <laughs> I, I literally did hate her. I, I, I She did such a great job, I almost forgot Rosamund Pike existed. I just hated the character she was playing, so she did fantastic. But like I think the filming also was nice. Like the shots are clean, but the basic, pure main thing for a movie is story. And when you have no one to root for, it's just a really when, hard yeah, when thing. You hate to all watch. of the characters. The story doesn't matter that much. Yeah. So, like, it's it's unrealistic to give this thing like an eighty percent positive review rating. Based purely on everything that's not the story, when the story is problematic because there's no one to root for. And yeah, go watch In Bruges instead if you, <laughs> you want a dark it. comedy. It's actually really funny. I don't know why. I have a weird sense of humor, but no part of this movie was funny. I think I chuckled at like a two random things, but yeah, I think I might have had one out loud chuckle. That's yeah, I, we were watching together. I don't think I heard you chuckle once actually. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I'm I'm usually for dark comedies, but I think they only work if you have someone to root for. You can't just be like, "This is all this horrible shit happening," just, and there just hopefully wasn't you'll laugh that at much the horrible that was shit funny. happening. I mean, there wasn't there wasn't parts that were funny. I don't know. Maybe maybe the tone early on just set us both off completely. 
but it's also it possible. didn't seem like yeah. any part of this movie was funny to me. Yeah, nothing. Though uh, the one thing that was throwing me off for a second was um, did did the uh, the guy that was like the henchman that was the cab driver dude kind of look like um, what's his name from Silicon Valley? The blonde Russian guy? Yeah, yeah. yeah. For for a second, I was really confused because he looked like uh, I can't remember Ehrlich Bachman's actual name right now. But at first, oh, I thought it was comedian? him for a second. What? And I was like, that's really no, fucking weird. And then it like wasn't him at all. He was I, a Russian I, guy. He looked weird, and I was like, is that him? And it wasn't him because, of course, I think that guy's chubby as shit right now too. So I haven't seen him in anything for years. Anyway, I think he got canceled because of me too. Oh, did he? Yeah, something something happened. Mm-hmm. Because he got written off of Silicon Valley, remember? Yeah, but I also heard that that was because he was just hard to fucking work with and wouldn't like show oh, up, get like drunk or high. It. Yeah, I think he yeah. might have had a public incident or something. Maybe not me too. I don't remember. Mm. Anyway, yeah, don't watch this movie. There's nothing redeemable about it. I was trying to think of another movie that's similar. In Bruges, I thought I had come up with another one. Well, I mean, there's a lot of dark comedies out there, and they're they're dark comedies, like a, dark comedies, but like a mob, kind you know, kind of the theme of this one. Mm, no, but I mean, it's not even the mob part of it. The problem is, like, I think the subject matter of like court-appointed guardianship and like screwing over old people just is too dark for you to kind of have the ability to root for this character at all. Like, normally when you're watching like con men movies. They're conning just rich people that, you know, the average Joe already doesn't like, right? So you agree with that, and you're like, yeah, it's kind of like a Robin Hood type thing. But this is just f***ed up. <laughs> so, yeah. So, yeah, I, I can't think of any movies that try to either have you root for somebody that's so monstrous or that literally have no one to root for and then expect you to enjoy the movie. Because you've forgotten those movies because they were bad. I honestly don't think I, if if there was any movie that was this bad, I, I don't think I would have finished it because the only real reason to finish this was to do our stupid episode here. <laughs> yeah, I, I kind of checked out after thirty minutes or so, um, and definitely at an hour, I was like, okay, it's it's time for this to be done now, and it was halfway. So, yeah, uh, no way I would recommend watching any part of this movie for any reason. And then I mean, this cements that the. the the top 10 on Netflix is just fake. Unless, like, it's literally just based on viewership and they showed it to a bunch of people. Well, and I everyone think, hated it, I guess. Yeah, I don't think their metric is based on you finishing the movie. I think the metric is you started the movie. And if, you know, critics pumped it up or it was kind of a film festival movie and it got some of that hype behind it, maybe it's real. But I, you know, audiences didn't like this movie. Yeah. I don't know. Like, I mean, uh, I was trying to think of another dark comedy, but nothing with like mobs that jumped into my head. The only other one that I thought of right now was The World's Greatest Dad, which is which is a really funny movie, and it is a dark comedy. And that, and that's that a I mean, that is done super dark because it deals with suicide and stuff. But it's funny from the start, and you immediately attach. I mean, it's Robin Williams. Come on, who doesn't like Robin Williams? Like, you love that character right away. Yeah, and that one has an eighty-eight percent on Rotten Tomatoes. An eight, eight zero or eight eight? Eight eight. Yeah, that is very much deserved. Go on to that instead if you want. That's like a really funny dark comedy. If you want like a mob kind of weird dark comedy, 
watching Bruges. I, I was I was looking at the list of dark comedies right now. Is the producers really a dark comedy? No. Why is it on this list? <laughs> What's Just because... dark about it? They try to tank it. I mean, that's not a. Oh, you know what's another good dark comedy it was uh, Train Spotting, the one with all the drug addicts, with the Ian yeah. McGregor. That's good too. Lots of lots of space in the dark comedy realm. If you want to watch a good dark comedy, this does not belong in it. This, this is, is this... not in any way a comedy. Yeah, the word comedy shouldn't be involved in here. It's also not very suspenseful. I mean, there was maybe like three minutes of suspense in the middle. That's about it. <laughs> yeah. Netflix lies. Don't watch this. Yeah, Netflix is never sponsoring us because we get on all their movies, and now we call them wires. I mean, look, Stranger Things, Netflix has some good stuff. I just think they really throw a lot of, I mean, I guess not even money. They just pump up their own movies. and. Well, yeah, by the metric of them just shoveling out a bunch of crap. On average, most of their stuff is going to suck if they're just making all that. Like, so, like, Stranger Things is, like, one of the the few good things that are on Netflix that are Netflix originals. The only movie I remember being decent is El Camino. That was technically a Netflix original, right? Yeah. Because uh, I mean, so... you like Klaus. Wasn't that a Netflix original? Oh, yeah, Klaus was fantastic. That's actually yeah. one of my favorite movies ever, so... I'll give Netflix a pass for that. You forgot it. (laughs) I forgot it was Netflix. Because it's just so weird for Netflix to do. Like, they don't do a lot of animated. That was a strange movie for them. But crappy action movies and dark comedies, quote unquote. Yeah, sure. Netflix can have that. I can't even think of another dark comedy that we've watched on there from them. But, yeah. This was bad. I have not to say about streamable. It. Not streamable. So we basically told you that in the first minute. Yeah, so you can listen to us on the movie and not watch the movie. You're welcome. It's not even like a morbid curiosity, check it out type of movie. It's like, it's nope. kind of nothing. It's not like it's a really bad action movie that you can laugh at because it's so bad. It's There's no nothing about this movie I can recommend any human watching for any reason. It's kind of unless you way. really like Rosamund Pike or Peter Dinklage, maybe you'll really get into it. But I mean, part of the reason we watched it was also because it was a we were literally calling it the Peter Dinklage movie. Right? True. I haven't seen him in that much since Game of Thrones. I was hoping he'd be doing more stuff. Well, the one nice thing was that they didn't draw attention to the fact that he's a little person. I don't know if that's the politically correct term anymore, but he was just a mobster. Like his his size didn't matter like that was in everything yeah, I've yeah. Ever, it's he it's literally never been yeah it was literally never called on in the movie you're right which was nice he was just an actor with a fantastic beard by the way oh no yeah i was like just thinking he just always looks so cool <laughs> <laughs> but i just where is he what other movies is he in be in more movies i i, I love peter Tinklage and i wanted to be in more stuff just it, it it felt like a waste that he was in this movie because he he was great and the movie just was bad. Yeah, yeah. Sadness. Do we have any idea what we're doing next? Ooh, uh, you know what I was thinking of doing was um, did you see that they're making the sequel to Coming to America? Yeah, I just watched the first one, which was called Coming to America, right? They're just making yeah, they just two, turned the two so into the number two. Yeah, it, it is confusing as shit. Uh. I, I liked it. I it wasn't 
No. I like I like I, I thought I liked it, but I watched it and I was like, uh, eh, this is just okay. I mean it's it's funny, but I don't know, maybe it just hasn't aged as well. Maybe the second one will be good. Was that one of uh, Samuel Jackson's first movies? I, I had totally forgot he was in that. It surprised me so much <laughs> to see him. I was like, oh my gosh, what? Well, Random. I mean, I, I'd vote for that just because even though I, I'll probably watch the first one again because let me see if it it doesn't have that nostalgia anymore when I watch it or if it's if it's only because of nostalgia in my brain that I'm remembering it as funny as it was. But, yeah, that, that came out yesterday as of the recording of this or the publishing of this podcast so um yeah i'm fine with it we could use an actual comedy after this show yeah hopefully hopefully it's funny hopefully it's not just another two hours of watching i still laughed at uh, the original coming to america just wasn't as awesome as i remember it well yeah i think that's that's gonna happen there's very few movies that are like gonna hold up forever in terms of how funny they are because also, so many of the old movies and stuff we watched and we were laughing at, the jokes are just problematic now. Well, I mean, they certainly deal with race in Coming to America, but I don't I don't know that there was anything there that aged that bad. There might have yeah. been a couple of gay things that were kind of like, yeah, you can't say that. But... Yeah, that's, that's how I feel sometimes when I go do like a Friends rewatch and there's a lot of jokes about like being gay. I'm like, hmm, yeah, it doesn't really work anymore. Yep. But that's progress. <laughs> All right. If you don't have anything else, I think that'll do it. Yeah, don't watch this movie. Probably watch Coming to America. Listen to our review on that next. Rosamund Pike did a great job. She deserves a Golden Globe. No other part of this movie is worth anything. Yeah. Right. Well, Peter Dinklage is good. but Yeah, yeah he's always good. <laughs> All right. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to our podcast. You can find us on all the popular social media sites at StreamablePod and listen to the podcast on your favorite platforms. Please be sure to subscribe and leave us a review.